great to have you here at Portico, and uh, we are one church, one message, many expressions. And so we want to welcome uh, all of you today, but also welcome those who are joining us now from uh, the chapel and from our video cafe. And uh, actually right now as well, our Milton campus is uh, in the middle of their service, and so uh, we just are so thrilled to be able to be just one big happy family. And uh, we're going to turn in our Bibles today, so if you are uh, ready to do that, I want get to you, get you to take out your Bible. If you don't have one, uh, we wouldn't mind loaning one to you, okay? So if you need to borrow one of our Bibles, just put your hand up nice and high, and our ushers are coming through, and uh, they will help you with that. Just keep your hand up until uh, that you, till you have been served. And uh, we're going to look in a couple of passages today, but both of them are in Luke chapter 10. So if you want, you can turn there, and uh, I promise I will get there eventually, eventually. We're in this series called Revolution. Rethinking what's best in life and relationships. And we've talked so far about kind of an overview of that idea. And then, and then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about rethinking love. And last week, rethinking prayer. You know, loving people is the key to helping them find their way back to God. And we can do that by speaking peace and blessing over them, by spending time with them, serving their needs. And when we do all those things, we earn the right then to share with them the hope of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And we've tried to sort of build this out for you so that it's fairly systematic and logical and makes sense. And Jesus modeled it for us in Luke chapter 10 when he sent out the 72. And we've been talking a little bit like that. Last week we talked about how prayer and how interceding for others uh, helps us to expand our focus outside of our own tight circles and to uh, trust God and and it makes us partners together in accomplishing God's will. Intercessory prayer can do that for us. And each week we are rethinking some things together in order to discover ways that improve our relationships in each of these areas and how, how doing that can help us help more people find their way back to God. Actually, what we're doing uh, throughout this series is we are helping you help people find their way back to God. We want to equip you as we walk through this together. And so today we're going to talk about rethinking listening, rethinking listening. So listen up and uh, let's learn together. Julian Treasure does a TED Talk uh, called Five Ways to Listen Better. And in his talk, he notes that 50, or sorry, 60%, 60% of our communication is of necessity listening. However, he also poses that we are not really all that good at it because we actually only retain 25% of what we hear. Now, that's not a really great percentage if you consider that over half of our communication is dependent on us listening. And so I think there is a problem, and we need to somehow try to approach this in order to learn the art of listening well. And sometimes it's how we approach it because there, you know, we, we all can hear well, those of us who have the ability to hear, I know that some have you know, challenges that way, but uh, we, we, most of us can hear. And we need to understand that there is a difference between hearing and actually listening. And so I want to just talk a little bit about that. Hearing, you know, the, actually registering sound with our ears is one thing, but listening uh, to someone, and that is intently trying to determine what is really being said, is something altogether different. Hearing is passive. 
It just happens to you. There is a sound in the air, and your ears register that you, you heard something. That's contrasted with listening, which is active. In order for me to listen well and to understand what I'm hearing, I need to do it with some intent. I need to focus on the sound and where it's coming from in order to be able to receive any kind of significant information from it. So it doesn't matter what it is, if it's a siren or a high wind or running water or someone talking, whatever it is that's being communicated, if, I, if I'm going to understand the sound I'm hearing, I need to listen with some intent. This comes more naturally to some than to others. And uh, I would be the first to admit that I myself am someone who uh, has a problem with this sometimes. Because I need to really, really focus on a sound. And when I do focus on a sound, then, then I, can, I can extract the information that I need to hear. Uh, but, but sometimes all of the other distracting sounds around me can, uh, can sort of mess with my ability to understand what I'm hearing. And so, so maybe you know someone like this, or maybe uh, you've got this struggle as well. Here's, here's what I notice. Uh, this is especially evident uh, when I watch television. When I watch television, I, I get to the point where I am so focused and, and sort of zoned in on what's happening on that screen that almost anything could happen around me, and I wouldn't know. I mean, a car could crash into my living room, and unless it came between me and the television, I probably wouldn't notice. It's, it's almost that bad. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife or my kids. Uh, I can get that way. And maybe you've noticed this too. Maybe you've noticed it uh, in one of your children, where we just get so zoned into that moment. And so, so hearing is passive, but listening to understand, it's active. And, and when we actively engage in it, it really does sort of focus us in on what's being heard. There's something else that happens with listening. As humans, we have this amazing ability over time to actually sort out sounds that we hear all the time so that eventually we don't hear them anymore. This is an actual thing that humans can do. It's scientifically proven. For example, white background noise can seem irritating at first, but the longer we are exposed to it, we can focus on other sounds and eventually literally not even hear that background noise any longer. It's an amazing ability that we, that we have. Uh, it's called selective listening or selective hearing. And if you're married, you know all about selective hearing, okay? Some of you are nodding. You, you sort of understand the point. Because as spouses, we hear each other's voices all the time. And uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, I hope it's subconsciously, but, but one of those two things cause us sometimes to, to almost zone out what our spouse is saying to us. And then there are only really certain words that kind of bring us back to attention. Okay? Right? So for guys, it's words like food or sex or sports. For, for girls, I don't know, maybe jewelry or shopping or the spa, something like that that kind of snaps us out of that selective hearing kind of ability. And so uh, there's a lot of things that are going on when we're communicating together. One last thing I want to point out, and that is this. Uh, when, when we communicate with each other, there's a couple of things happening. Actually, there's three or four things that are going on. I say something, and so when I say something, I use words, and you hear the words that I say. But what I'm communicating is actually maybe something totally different. I might be using words to say, to try and communicate something, you know, that, that I mean to say, 
but it might not come across that way. And then you on the receiving end, when you hear the words that I say, you might actually, you might actually, uh, you know, hear those words, but then you take and, and lay your assumptions over those things, and, and you can interpret them in a totally different way than I said, and in a totally different way that I meant oftentimes. You follow me so far? So here's an example. Uh, gentlemen, if, if your wife is self-conscious at all about her size, I'm just using this for an example. I don't feel like she is self-conscious, but maybe she is. And if she's self-conscious at all about her size, and she says to you, which of these outfits do you think I should wear, the black one or the beige one? And she puts them on, and she models them for you, and here's what you say back to her. You say, I think the black one, it looks really great on you. There's no way to misunderstand that, is there? <laughs> oh, yes, there is. Because often when you say, I think the black one, it looks really great on you, what she might hear because of this self-consciousness about, about size is, don't wear the beige one, it makes you look fat. <laughs> right? So communication is a, is a very interesting thing. And so there's lots of stuff that's going on when we communicate to each other. So listening is important, and listening with the intent to understand. Stephen Covey, who was a, a well-known author and speaker, he wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He listed listening as, as habit number five, one of his seven key habits. And here's what, he, here's what he called that habit. He said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And I like this quote from, from him. He says, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Right? We're always thinking about what we say next. And we don't always take the time that we need to take to understand what's being communicated back to us. And so we need to learn to listen with the intent to understand what people are saying. Well, we've been looking at uh, Luke chapter 10 together and uh, how Jesus sent out the 72 and the different things that they did in order to, to engage with people along the way. And we started with those four principles, you know, to, to rethink love and, and how we interact with each other, to speak peace and spend time and serve needs and share hope. And when we spoke about spending time, the verse we referenced was Luke chapter 10 and verse 7. And I want to just go back there very briefly. As a matter of fact, I just want to look at those two words that Jesus said at the very beginning of the verse. Luke 10, 7, the first two words, he said, stay there, stay there. You say, well, that's not much of a text. Well, you gotta, you got to just kind of help me here because I want to hone in on this idea of listening, especially listening to understand. Staying in someone's home with them for any amount of time, even if it's just for a couple of hours, requires uh, an exchange of conversation and concepts and ideas. There's communication that, that has to happen. And in that exchange, we can learn a lot about someone, and our level of listening can actually communicate something to them as well. Did you know that when you're listening, you are actually communicating? When you're listening, you're actually communicating to someone. And, and we're going to just see what it is that we communicate as we listen well and with intent to understand people. And to flesh this out a bit for us this morning, Luke 10 and 7, two words is not our only text. I want to go to a story later in the chapter. Later in the chapter, in verse 38, Luke 10 and 38, uh, we have this short little story of Jesus' interaction with, with Mary and Martha. And, uh, and we're going to learn together from this. So follow along with me as I read Luke 10 and 38. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, 
he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has let me do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So what's that have to do about listening? I'm, I'm glad you asked. I want, to, I want us just to look at that together. I like the story because of the context that Jesus is in. So often when we, when we read in the Gospels, Jesus is he's, uh, you know, preaching to the crowds or he's teaching his disciples. And, and here in this context, he's not preaching, he's not teaching, he, he's not healing the sick. He is just hanging out with his friends at their house in Bethany. We know that these were good friends of Jesus. Uh, John chapter 11 tells us that it was also the home of Lazarus, their brother. And, and John 11 says that he was the one that Jesus loved. More than once we read about Jesus in Bethany with this family. And in this particular passage, they had opened their home to Jesus, and he was simply there visiting with them. And Mary in particular, you know, she was enjoying the visit. She was soaking it all in. She was sitting at Jesus' feet, and she was listening to the things that he had to say. But Martha was busy. She's rushing around, putting on the coffee, getting things ready in the kitchen, likely, you know, preparing a meal, like many of you do when the, when the pastor shows up at your house. When I come to your house, I'm not looking for tea and a meal, by the way. I'm just coming to say, hey, you know, to hang out. But, but it's okay. You know, I usually, I usually uh, you know, indulge. But, but that's not what, what we're always there for. But a lot of you, that's how you're wired. That's how my wife is wired. If the pastor came to our house, well, I go all the time. But, but you know, in another context, she would be doing the very same thing. And so... That's what Martha was doing. And the longer she worked away at doing this, the more annoyed that she got that her sister was just sitting around and doing nothing. Well, at least in her estimation, that's what Mary was doing. Maybe maybe you've had this experience before. And there there comes a kind of a boiling point. I mean, Martha's frustration as she got got more and more frustrated by the moment, she finally came to a point where she just couldn't take it anymore and she blew up. She said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that I'm, that I'm all doing all this work by myself and my lazy sister is just sitting there doing nothing? Can you tell her to help me, please? And we're going to learn just a few things about listening to understand from the way that Jesus walks Martha through this scenario in these next few lines. So first, if you're following along in your notes or on version, you can take those out now and fill in these blanks. I said to you that, that when we listen... We actually communicate something to people, and here's what I want you to catch. When we listen intently to someone, when we listen to understand, we communicate, I care. We communicate, I care. It's been said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when confronted with Martha's question, Jesus responds in a way that I think tells us something important about listening to understand. He turns to her, and in just reading his words, we can almost hear the empathy in his voice. In Luke 10 and verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha. And I know, I know he's being empathetic because he says her name twice. And I think it, he says it 
kind of softly. He's, he's trying to sort of, you know, she's, she's really frustrated. And he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And so the first thing I want you to note is that he uses her name. Robert C. Lee said this about that. He said, the sweetest sound to anyone's ears is the sound of his or her name. And Jesus starts there. And he understands that, that you know, calling her by name is important. And if we want to communicate care for someone, we should at least try and learn their name. Now, I'm saying this, and I'm a little bit hypocritical because I'm terrible with names, but I want you all to know I'm trying, okay? I am trying. And when I get your name wrong, here's the thing. When I get your name wrong, don't just smile at me and shake my hand and walk away. Correct me, please. I called one person here the wrong name for about six months because he was too nice to tell me I had the wrong one. Okay? You know who you are. I'd like to say I remember. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Knowing, knowing someone's name communicates that we care. And so, you know, Jesus calls Martha by her name. But he does something else to communicate that he cares as well. He validates her concerns. He, he actually agrees with her. So you're, you're worried and upset about many things. Martha, I get it. I understand. I care. Jesus hears what it is that she's saying before he moves to his response to her. And he validates what she's feeling. She's worried. She's upset. And he doesn't jump to judge her. He doesn't dismiss what she was saying. You know, so often we can be like that. We can be dismissive, can't we? Jesus didn't say, Martha, don't be ridiculous. Martha, you're, you're crazy. He didn't say any of that stuff. You know, you're overreacting. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, I know, you're upset about many things. So often we can do that in our communication with others. We can be dismissive and answer before we really understand what is being said because we're doing what Covey says. We're listening to reply. As we hear, we are already forming a response in our minds instead of taking the time to understand what is being said first. And we shoot back our quick response without thinking sometimes. And it can come off as judgmental or condemning. Or at the very least, it can sound uncaring, like we we are not concerned at all about the other person's feelings. Ralph Nichols said the most basic of all human needs is the need to understand and be understood. And the best way to understand people, guess what it is? To listen to them. Proverbs 18 and verse 13, another very wise man named Solomon said, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. And so when we truly listen to understand, we communicate to that other person that we care about them. By, by having their feelings and concerns validated, they are immediately then open to receive the next thing that we are about to say. You're going to be talking in your community life groups this week about Moses and Jethro and an interchange that they have together and how that, that their conversation led to more because of Jethro's concern that Moses was going to wear himself out in his, in his position of, of leading the people of Israel. It's going to be a great conversation. So, so listening to understand communicates I care. Secondly, listening to understand also opens deeper conversations. Opens deeper conversations. Jesus listened to Martha's concern. He acknowledged what it was that she was feeling, but then he took the opportunity to just dig a little deeper to have the more important conversation. Did Martha need help in the kitchen and everything? Probably. 
But what came to light was a deeper-seated issue, and that was the fact that her frustration had boiled over into this moment of just, of just kind of outrage and accusation. You know, she, she had said, don't you care about me? Can't you see that Mary is lazy? Why won't you do something? Jesus heard what Martha was saying, but he also recognized that there was something else going on here. And he says to Martha in Luke 10 and 42, the first part of that verse, he says, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. And when we listen to understand, we can sometimes learn to read between the lines. We can, we can also hear what isn't being said. And Jesus got to the heart of the issue with Martha when he suggested to her that in her long list of priorities, her activity around preparation was not what was most important. And he tried to help her to, to prioritize. Few things are needed he said. And and really, you know, the most important thing, as a matter of fact, there's really only one thing that takes priority over all of this. And Jesus moved the conversation about getting a meal ready and the fact that Mary wasn't helping to a much deeper conversation about about priorities and about how important it was for, for Martha to just listen and sit at the feet of Jesus. Shannon Adler said the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't being said. The art of reading between the lines is a lifelong quest of the wise. Think about Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. The two of them were having a conversation, just really a conversation about a drink of water. But Jesus knew there was more to this woman. He knew that there was a deeper conversation to be had. He understood that because she came to the well at noon when none of the other women were there, that there was likely a reason for that. And he pushed the conversation deeper to the point that they began having a discussion about living water and about true worship. You see, we have conversations with people all the time. Most often, though, it can feel like those conversations are not very deep, like like we're just talking about a lot of surface things. And often that's the case. But if we can learn to listen carefully and learn to listen in order to understand what is really being said, often there are, there are always little clues, little things that are said. And if we can pick up on them, they can lead to much deeper conversations. Of course, we need to use wisdom, not pry too deep, too fast. But if we really learn to listen, people will give us hints about what is going on in their lives. A couple of, of verses about listening uh, that I'll just share with you quickly. Proverbs 19 and 20 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. And so, so listening you know, helps us to be, to be wise. James 1 and 19, if, if every one of us would use this as a life verse, we could just dispel a lot of communication problems. James says this, Everyone, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And if we could learn this, if we could learn this, it would allow us to communicate care to people, to uncover, uh, to, uh, sorry, to open deeper conversations. And, uh, and then there's one last thing I want to share in just a moment. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about active listening. Active listening. Uh, when we uh, work with, with couples before they get married, this is one of the things that we kind of walk them through as an exercise in how to, how to listen actively. 
And active listening, you've probably heard about it. Uh, if you've done any kind of leadership development in your workplace or anything like that, if you deal with people at all, somebody has told you about this at some point. Uh, and really, it is, it is a communication technique used in, in counseling, training, and conflict resolution, which requires the listener to feed back what they hear to the speaker by way of you know, restating or paraphrasing what they have heard in their own words to confirm you know, that, that what they have heard is, is what is actually being said. And, and it helps. It helps sort of both parties to understand. And so if, you know, if, um, for example, go back to the, to the outfits, if your wife says to you, do you mean that, do you mean that uh, if I wear the beige one, it makes me look fat? You can say, no, that's not what I said at all. And so we can, we can, Okay, so that's not what you're saying, is what the wife would say back, and the husband would say, no, what I'm saying is the, the black one looks really fantastic on you. We just kind of help to clarify what's going on in the conversation, right? To give you an idea of what this is all about, we're going to watch a little video together. Why did you do this, Allie? This is terrible. Oh, great. <laughs> This is Michael's giraffe. He's crying now. Why did you do this? Cause. Cause is not an answer. Active listening. Ray, that doesn't work. It works. I just use it on the worst kids in the neighborhood. Would you? Look at this. Look what she just did. Just try it. Try it. Not Ray. I'll do it. A... You want me to do it? No, I'll do no, it. no, no. Okay. Allie, let's talk about what you did. I don't want to talk. Are you feeling angry? Reflect back. You're, you're angry. Yes. Okay. But it's not okay to rip up toys when we're angry. Ah, uh, 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 judgmental. <laughs> you are angry because... Um... Because it used to be your toy. Oh. Yes. I see, I see. You think that um, Mommy and Daddy pay too much attention to Michael and Jeffrey. Right, okay, I was handling this. Okay. They get everything. Right, and you're upset because we gave them your old giraffe. I still liked it. But you weren't playing with it. But that doesn't matter, though, because <laughs> it was still yours. And you're mad because we gave it to Michael without asking you, right? Right. Well, uh... Mommy and Daddy made a mistake. And, and everybody makes mistakes, right, Mommy? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you feel better now, Allie? Yes, can I have the giraffe? Well, it's broken, honey. I know, I want to try to fix it for Michael. Uh-huh. <laughs> this way. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> Anything else you need taken care of while I'm around here? No. What? What's the matter? <laughs> Nothing with you, obviously. Don't go by me. I'm a natural. <laughs> Where you get it? Oh, ugh. Act so proud of yourself. Listen, if I hadn't dragged you to that stupid class, you'd still be standing there going, Hey, no TV. 
you're feeling inadequate because I mastered it before you. Oh, huh? Give me that active listening crap. Where do you get off listening to me? Never happened again. It'll never happen again. Well, there's a great example of active listening. And what, what listening that way does, uh, and this is our, our third point today, it, it uncovers real needs. It uncovers real needs. What, what Ray did, although probably a little too smugly, uh, but, but still what he did was get to the bottom of what was really happening with, with Allie and uh, you know, was able to resolve that circumstance and that situation by leading the conversation in order to uncover what was really going on. Jesus did something similar with Martha. He got to the heart of the issue, opened that deeper conversation, and, and then the need comes out. In, in the second part of verse 42, he says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from here. Martha, what, what this is really about, what the most important thing is, is that you understand the priority of, you know, of, of listening to what I'm saying. Martha's real need was not help with all of her activity. Her real need was that she needed to just relax and learn from Jesus. She needed to prioritize her activity in that moment. And Jesus was, was saying, Martha, you'll have lots of opportunities to host and prepare and to do all of those things, but I'm only here for just a short time, and it's more important to learn from me while you can. The rest can wait. What you really need is less activity and more sitting at my feet and listening to me. That's a great lesson for all of us today. Often people don't realize what their real need, what their real need is until we help them to uncover it. Really listening to someone in order to understand where they're coming from can move us to a deeper conversation and eventually to uncovering a real need that needs to be met or needs to be addressed. And so in the case of, of Jesus and the Samaritan woman that we spoke about a few minutes ago, his conversation with her about this simple drink of water uncovered her, her true spiritual need. She was a sinful Samaritan woman who must have had a bit of reputation or at least the perception that people were talking about her. Otherwise, she would have come to the well in the morning when all the other women came instead of at noon when no one else was around. And when she pointed out to Jesus that he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan woman and asked him, how can you ask me for a drink? His response moved immediately towards her real need. And he said to her in John chapter 4 and verse 10, he said, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. You see, there are real needs all around us. And of course, people's greatest need is, is the need for Jesus. We all, we all know this, right? We talk about it all the time, helping people find their way back to God. And, and I think I know what some of you are thinking. You know, we, we share a story about Jesus, and you're thinking, well, that's great, but, but we're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus, and you're not Jesus. And you know what? You're right. We're not. We can pull these great principles from how he modeled this for us, but I will be the first to admit to you that Jesus was working with, with inside information. You know, he, he knew everything. And so, so I, I get that. I get that, that we think, okay, but, but how can I do what Jesus did. And, and I want you to just think about that for a little bit. Jesus knew more about the people that he ministered to than we do, but still he did model for us a way to do this. And the fact that we aren't Jesus is even more reason, I believe, that we need to learn to listen intently to people. 
And we've got to listen with that goal of understanding what it is that people are really trying to communicate to us. This is why we need to work even harder at our listening skills and why we can't always go straight to people's spiritual needs because we don't know everything God knows and we don't want to make presumptions and we don't want to, we don't want to be condemning or judgmental. But we can listen to people to find out what their needs really are. And when we find out, we're given a golden opportunity to reach out and to help meet those needs by listening intently or listening to understand. We build relationship with them. And then by communicating that we care, opening deeper conversations and eventually uncovering real needs, we can try to help and begin to meet those needs. That's what listening to understand can lead to. And there's one more thing. We're not Jesus. That's true. But we can hear from Him. We can hear from Him. God can speak to us as we are interacting with people. And He, and he can give us His wisdom. And He can give us His direction in those situations. And we need to learn to listen to hear His voice as well. The voice of His Holy Spirit who comes alongside of us and who gives us discernment as we, can, as we talk and walk with people and endeavor to help uncover and meet their real needs. Because God speaks to us and His Holy Spirit can lead and guide and direct us. The Word is clear about that. I love Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. This one's not on, on the screen or in your notes today. But Isaiah 30 and 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. We need to listen to others, but we need to listen to God as well because God will help to give us direction. He will help us as we, as we hear what people are saying to, to be able to truly minister to them in loving ways. And so I, I want to challenge us all today. I want to challenge us all today to be better listeners, to be better listeners. And, and I have to commend you you, you have, you know, listened very well this morning. Thank you for that. But, but I want to challenge us as we interact with people and we think about, you know, how can, I, how can I help these individuals, my neighbors, my coworkers, those people that I rub shoulders with every day, how can I help them find their way back to God? Well, we can, we can start by, by praying for them, as we talked about last week. We can really listen to them. We can, we can really listen to hear what they're saying and try to understand how we can better minister to them in very practical ways so that we can begin to open more doors to be able to work with them. You know, God, God listens to us. He listens to us. I love the verse in Exodus. It talks about the children of Israel who were suffering in Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of, of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I care, I am concerned about their suffering. And so I have come down to rescue them. And what God modeled with his people, the children of Israel, he wants us to do with so many people who need to find their way back to God today. And listening, the art of listening, is going to give you another skill, another way. It's going to equip you to be able to, to actually you know, fulfill that mission, helping people find their way back to God. Can we pray? Father, thank you today for your word. 
And Lord, I pray that, you know, as you often say in, in Scripture, I pray that we would have ears to hear. That, God, we would not just hear the sound, but, Lord, we would fully understand what it is that you're communicating to us by your Spirit today, that we, as we interact with people all around us, can be better listeners. And, Lord, by, by listening, can actually communicate to them the love that we have and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And God be able to, to work with them and to meet, help meet their needs in all kinds of practical ways. Lord, I pray that you help us to take this to heart. That God, you'll challenge us today. Lord, as we interact with people even this week, may we, may we be reminded of some of these principles that we've been learning all the way along. God, help us, I pray. Help us in the, in the ways that we can and the ways that we know how to do to reach out to those who are around us so that we can help them find their way back to you. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody in this room today who's never said yes to Jesus, who's never bowed their knee and invited you into their heart and into their life, God, I pray that in this moment you would speak to their hearts, that, God, they would hear your still small voice calling them forward. And, Lord, they would respond and say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again. And I need you, Jesus, to come and to be a part of, of my life, to be the leader, the Lord of my life. And God, if they'll just pray that simple little prayer, I know that you'll meet with them. God, you'll do that amazing miracle, that new creation miracle in their hearts and lives today. And Lord, help them. Help them to have the courage to tell somebody about what they did today, about the decision that they made as they responded to hearing your voice this morning. Lord, just thank you for your incredible blessing, your grace in our lives. Thank you, God, that none of us have this all figured out, but that we're all learning together. We're on a journey together, and I pray, I pray that you will just equip us even better today than we were yesterday in order to do what you've called us to do. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.